At Founders Brewing Company, we set out to create a beer that lets you embrace the unconventional. Mortal Bloom is a radiantly beautiful, hazy IPA that will wrap your taste buds with intense citrus and tropical notes of pineapple and mango. Coming in at 6.2% ABV with big aromatics and no bitterness, it's the perfect beer, if we do say so ourselves. Visit foundersbrewing.com to find Mortal Bloom Hazy IPA. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. episode is a bit of a housekeeping episode. It's not like one of those sitcoms where you think it's going to be a new episode and they just play old clips. Today, we're we're getting a lot of follow-ups, like I always request. So, a little bit of an odds and ends episode, a little bit of a housekeeping episode, kicking it off with some follow-ups and then some juicy brand new ones. Um, I might have to become one of those comics that just doesn't play casinos anymore. Why? Because, and maybe it's a pregnancy thing. It might be that. But I've played two casinos in the last few weeks and I have gotten like stop your life sick both times. And I just, I, I'm i like, maybe it's allergies. It's like mm, in the high desert in the winter. Maybe it's just being pregnant. It's like maybe it's shitty circulation and cigarette smoke in your lungs and it inflames everything. I had a show in San Jose and I came from a casino. I had to spend the whole day in bed with just my nose running, but also unable to breathe. And I'm just like, I don't, there was like a famous comic. I don't know if it was like Buddy Hackett or someone that like got lung cancer from working in, granted everybody smoked back then, but like, I don't know if it's worth it. Or maybe I just have to stay off property, but like even with good ventilation, like I'm so sensitive to cigarette smoke. I thought of casinos as having better air somehow because they have more filters because they want to keep you in there. I think being pregnant, you're just like, if someone has a cigarette in like Canada, you're just like, I smell it. But yeah. I just unable to breathe, having to breathe through my mouth, nose dripping. no. That, and then what happens is your head gets mad and it's like, you know what? We're done tasting, which is like the only fun part of being pregnant. And you still got to do the show. That's what coffee's for. But that's why my doctor was like, you sound congested. I was like, oh, I sound like this all the time. And for some reason, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they don't love what you're doing right now, which is eating. But I wonder, eating? Okay, one bite. Because I can finally taste again. All right, hold on. Yeah, I also wonder if you can't taste, do you still get the same chemical pleasure out of eating foods you know you like? Like, does your body chemically know that that's sugar, that's salt? 
I actually, yeah, I'd be curious because I guess textures you still enjoy. You're like, oh, crunchy, ooh, mashed potatoes. But yeah, I don't know if it knows. It's like, like if sugar. a tree falls in a forest, I, it must, it has to chemically be receiving it. You just like, even if you can't taste the caffeine, your body will still feel it. So these are questions literally no one in science can answer. And I'm an iconoclast for bringing them up. <laughs> My parents have a friend who can't taste. I'll have to, I'll ask and I'll report back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're kind of in that category. <laughs> I can't smell very well. Yeah, but that's different. It's because you only smell your house. You've gone nose blind to the world. <laughs> um, more and more, we have fans that are coming to shows and in the meet and greet, they're like, I'm the one who wrote in and said this. So please... Always send us follow-ups and maybe there's a way they can label them, Emily, with like follow-up with like asterisks or something that like caps that get your at attention. One right now. Because let's start it then. Who am I to stand in the way of the thing I asked for? Big update in all caps with asterisks. Maternity photos, gift turned <laughs> financial obligation. Yes. Wait, yes. you want to recap it? Red hot update. Yes. Okay, so. This nice, uh, nice woman reached out. Her friend, her very wealthy friend had bought her a maternity shoot. And then when she's like, okay, so can I get the photos? The person's like, oh, having the photos, it has to be printed and it's a thousand more dollars. And it was like, what? Excuse me, I have to pay a thousand more dollars to use my own gift? Like, that's wild. So, very interesting update. Hello again from the Pacific Northwest. I appreciate you responding to my question. I took your advice and planned on not saying anything to my friend who paid for the maternity photos about the $1,000 balance on the gift she gave me. But she approached me at my baby shower and asked if I had a weird conversation with the photographer. I caved and told her about the $1,000 fiasco. Because remember, the friend had kicked in know. another $500. The package was actually $1,500 to get them after. So, okay, and she looked appalled. She said, I wondered why she asked me about contributing more money towards being able to get prints. I told her you were only going to want digital prints. I said the photographer had only told me she paid for the shoot and not a thing about digital prints. She rolled her eyes and said the photographer really needed to work on her salesmanship as the digital prints were included in the photo shoot she had already paid good money for. Through trading stories, oh. we found out the photographer conveniently left that part out and was apparently trying a weird sales technique in order to get my friend and myself to spend more money. I texted the photographer respectfully, and she responded with how embarrassed she was, and of course I could have my digital prints without purchasing the product. All is well with my friend and I, but the next time something along these lines happens, I plan on using your line of, you have so much more money than me with her. Knowing her, I'm positive she would laugh and then change the subject. Looking forward to seeing you in Seattle next weekend. Uh, bring your rich friend. <laughs> That's interesting because I think a lot of times we deal with like genuine, like chemical imbalance or malintent. And I'm so glad. I'm glad you were going to say nothing because your friend wasn't like, I'm just going to pay for this. Fucking get over it. Like, and we never vilified the friend. No. The photographer is just amateur, even though she's good. Like she, that's weird that she forgot that. I don't even know if she was trying to scam you, but that's not a great look that it was never conveyed. It does feel a little, a little weird that if you're a professional photographer that does these things all the time and you're so good at it, you would be like, yeah, here's the digital prints. Or maybe she thought you always wanted them. Don't ever bring it up again. Never talk about it again. Because there's also, it's just, that's a huge miscommunication. But I'm glad it worked out. 
Got your beautiful pictures. Plus, nobody really cares if they're printed anyway. So good for you. No, you once you have your digitals, you just go print it at CVS. That's right. You can get it made into a book, whatever. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. And I'm glad. I'm glad we were right. However, that worked out. However, yeah. we're framing it. We were right. Right. Exactly. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hey, AIA crew. I'd like to hear Eliza and Emily's take on a letter my sister and I recently received from my mom. And they have scanned in while well, they took a picture of a, like a full-on letter. But first, the context. 
I'm a 34-year-old single gay guy and my sister is 37 and married to an incredible woman. When my parents found out I was gay, my dad let me know I wouldn't be inheriting the family farm I grew up working on. Based on this letter... <laughs> like I, every gay guy's <laughs> dream. <laughs> Based on this letter, I doubt my mom knows he said that. So we're going to get a letter in a second. I went no contact with him a okay. few months later, beginning of 2019, and only spoke to my mom occasionally. My parents led my sister to believe they were preying on making a decision to attend her wedding, which was in 2022, up until the wedding started. Their seats were empty during the ceremony. I haven't responded to the letter or the text because the line in it about disagreeing with different lifestyles makes me want to end the conversation. I don't know what to say or if I should say anything at all. Please help. Thanks for being the highlight of my Wednesday and metaphorically shaking sense into people. I've shared your problem with coworkers and now they're hooked like me. Okay, so now the letter. There you go. This is from mom. Oh, okay. All right? I really wish we could somehow come to a resolution to the mess in our family. I understand y'all are upset that we didn't attend the wedding. I also understand that you don't have the same beliefs that I do. The Bible is very important to me. I've grown up in my faith as the years have passed. More than anything, I want is for y'all to be right with God, no matter how you feel about me. I've told y'all that I want you to be happy and that I love you. I don't understand why I have to agree with your lifestyle. It doesn't change how much I love you. And then name the sister. In the last text you sent, you said that I've taken a small piece of your life and made it a reason not to love you. That's not true. If you remember, when all of this came to our attention, I told you that we can agree to disagree about your lifestyle being right or wrong. I also told you that I know there are many things you don't agree with my lifestyle. I don't expect for there to be sunshine. Or Nobody cares about your boring Cracker Barrel lifestyle. Well, like, exactly. Okay. I, I don't agree with you keeping an automatic fire on by your bed, mom, but I guess you do you. I don't expect for there to be sunshine and rainbows immediately, but maybe we can start with a text here and there without anger or accusations or a phone call once in a while. If after reading this, you don't want to go forward, I'll hate it, but understand. You also make comments about how many times you've cried. Let me tell you that you are not alone. Many, many tears have come down and many prayers have gone up for our family. I don't know if you'll ever forgive me for not attending the wedding. I just hope one day you'll understand my beliefs. I also hope y'all can remember who I really am and not listen to others that don't know me. And then, sister, you said not to contact you unless I have a change of heart. I hope you don't mean my beliefs. The Bible is very important to me. And then to the question asker, I'm assuming that since you didn't respond to my text, you don't want the farm. I understand. It's a lot of hard work. Your daddy is getting older and is having a hard time occasionally. It's just gotten to a time in our lives that we have to make some decisions, no matter how hard it is. Y'all let me know where you stand. I love you both. So the text she had sent about the farm was... I guess I really need to know where you see your future. Do you think you will ever want a farm? We've had a few things happen that makes us realize we need to make some final decisions. Nothing major, just eye-opening. Just like I told your sister, even though I don't agree with different lifestyles, doesn't change the fact that I love you and want the best for you. I guess you know she doesn't want anything to do with us and I shouldn't contact her anymore. I'm hoping you don't feel the same way. So, going back to our question ask. The changes recently are finding your dad coming out of the closet. So that's been really hard for me. Look, first of all, do you want a farm? It's, Do you want a farm? It seems like he used to work on the farm, so he might. But dad was like, no, you're not okay. getting the farm. And now mom's like, we're getting old. Uh, first of all, this needs an in-person conversation. I don't know if that's possible. And that conversation needs to be like, dad, I was born gay. You don't have to agree with it. I can, I will never change who I am. And I could never. If you want the farm, to the guy that wrote this in, 
You need to say, we would love to take care of this farm. I know you guys love us. We love you. But that's your dad's decision. Like there's nothing for you to say or mitigate or anything. So it sounds like you do want the farm because otherwise he's like, you can't have this old sheep turd farm. And you're like, oh no, (laughs) punish me. I guess it comes down to, it's so tough because I don't have anything like this in my life. And I actually cannot imagine how, actually I can because I'm watching online as people are just like super anti-Semitic and talk about how Hamas isn't a bad thing. And you're like, have you lost your mind? But I am sure that's incredibly soul-sucking to be gay and have your parents be like, well, we don't buy it. Like just at the core of what you are to have the people that are supposed to love you the most, that's got to just be so hurtful. Is it worth fighting Bible with Bible? Like, isn't Jesus all about like loving unconditionally? Like I, I just feel like people who wield the Bible like that kind of like leave out all the parts in it that might be like loving and accepting is it worth beating her at her own game because she might be that kind of simple-minded? It sounds like she's like, look, can we agree to disagree, but I love you anyway, and I'm going to continue to use words like choices when it comes to be gay, but I do need you to take the farm. It sounds like they need you to take, they want you to take it. And she's like, can we just get to a good place? So it's all about, are you going to be okay knowing that they do think you're going to hell and don't agree with you, but do love you and pray for you? And now you have the farm, which you will turn into a uh, bed and breakfast. I was going to say a gay resort, but that's the same thing as a bed and breakfast. So <laughs> it's all about what can you sleep with? It's tough to have these this mom like, I love you, but I hope you don't want me to think you're not going to hell because you are and you're not changing my thoughts on that. It's just that's so hard to look someone in the face who's like, yeah, I don't, what you're doing is bad and wrong and you're bad and wrong is just... Do you have the energy to like educate her? You probably don't have the time and energy to be like, here's the science behind it. Here are like resources, you know, because you hear all the time about parents that were like super conservative and then they come around to it. You would think when both your kids are gay, that's when you come around to it. I think you'd realize it's your fault. (laughs) Exactly. Two straight people made all these gay kids. It sounds like, a sit around the table, come to Jesus. And you have to come from the perspective of like a person of science and intelligence. We love our parents and everything that you've given us. But it's, do you do you want us to take this farm? Are you okay with having a relationship with her if she still believes all this? It doesn't sound like you are. I don't know. I can't answer that for you. But it does sound like Mom is like, oh, to the husband, like, get, come off it. They need to take this Huckleberry Farm, which is a sitcom. Two gay siblings inheriting a farm (sighs) from their, like, super conservative parents. I love it. Where there's still, like, Bible study going on. I mean, if you want to go the real Bible route, it's like, yeah, you're not supposed to, what, mix textiles. You're not supposed to eat that. You're supposed to, like, beat your wife. Whatever else is happening in there. There's so much stuff that she's not abiding by, basically. But at the end of the day, she's just going to say, well, these are my beliefs. These are my beliefs, and those are your beliefs. And it's like, you don't want to necessarily look someone like that in the face and be like, it's so dehumanizing. It's gross. Yeah. It's so, especially because what she's saying is so gerrymandered. Mm Mm-hmm. Like people could, I mean, you also have to care about what the New Testament says in the first place. And for some reason, conservative Christians are like, 
And conservative Muslims and conservative Jews, everyone's like, this is the word. And you're like, not to me. So I don't care what the Bible says because it's just a book that doesn't apply to me. That's tough. She's steeping it in something so meaningful to her, but not as meaningful to you. And picking and choosing. So right. you can either go toe to toe. The question is, do you want that farm? Let us know. There's just those arguments. I had an argument with my mom yesterday because she was like, oh, I hate Emily Blunt. And I was like, how could you? You're wrong. And I'm trying to argue with her, but we just have different perspectives and I couldn't get through to her. She had no real reason and all my logic didn't work. So, you know, sometimes- one hates Emily Blunt. Everyone I know, likes her. exactly. That's what I said. I know. I was really upset about it. I was like, how could you have that incorrect belief? We just had to stop talking about it because I was getting genuinely angry. It's a British thing. That's weird. That's weird when someone is just so wrong and you're like, this is Steve right. something else. Yeah. Like, what is mom's problem? I mean, probably part of mom's problem is okay, dad. Okay, we got to move on. This is this is not a, an outpost of your podcast I'm talking about to like, talk about strong females. <laughs> no, I'm talking about this, yeah, this yeah, yeah. mom's problem. It's like she's under dad's thumb. Dad is like real intense, but... It's just it's so gross to be like, we're praying on it. We're praying on it. Whoops, we didn't show up. That's shitty. You know what? Fuck your parents. That's shitty. You didn't come to my wedding, but you want me to take, make sure there's no debt on that farm, by the way, because they don't sound too bright. I just did a real 180. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's actually unforgivable. And you know what you're not interested in? Or maybe you are on the deathbed, the dad being like, I guess it's okay. I you. What you don't want is I love you anyway. You just want, I love you. And you need to ask your mom, sorry, I just got a fire into me. Yeah. What love means to her? Because the love of your child is actually the only unconditional love. Unless your kid like shoots up a school, then it, you probably don't love them. But that should be the, not even your wife or your husband has unconditional love for you. So ask her, what is love? What is the love the Bible teaches? And what would Jesus do? Because I'm pretty sure Jesus would have attended his own gay son's wedding. Well, the da the daughter's wedding, because here's Went the Went to the Last what's, Supper. What's That's a, the gayest thing. <laughs> Talk about a banquet. It's all dudes and one named Mary. One lady. The I gayest. Mean, the gayest, the gayest. The, if you're looking at agree to disagree, okay? She's like, we're not going to agree. We're going to have different beliefs. You couldn't sit there in the in the row at the wedding and disagree. Like, are that to me speaks to what are you disgusted by it? Are you, like there's something there they that's are. like they are. That, that's horrible. They are. Ugh. I agree. Next question. All right. Yelling at me. <laughs> so mad at you for these parents. Eliza, I've seen you twice. You know now. what? Being gay isn't your fault, but your parents are. <laughs> That's something you can't control. <laughs> Eliza, I've seen you twice now, once pre-COVID and recently at the Met in Philly. I finally got to meet you too. Your new set is amazing. I got nervous and said Mike condoms to you as I was walking away. <laughs> ah, yes, I remember. <laughs> Emily, you are my stinking life. hilarious. Love you on the pod. Love watching your IG stories. The new kitties seem like feisty little babes. I have three of my own. Okay, so we've established them as a cat owner. I think that's important context. I am a 32-year-old female and my wife is 28 female. We've been married for a year and a half. We live in New Jersey. My sister-in-law is 27 female and her husband is 29 male and they have a son that is two. They live in Pennsylvania. Why is it every one of our questions like a math problem where trains are coming at each other? I feel like I have to remember I, you know what? all of because this. 
We'll see at the end of it if it informs it, but <laughs> let, let's see. My let's wife see. used to date guys, but obviously is now married to a woman, aka me. Her family is weirdly religious-ish. They generally accept our relationship, but not necessarily respect it. My sister-in-law has caused major issues, starting with our entire engagement marriage experience. When I told her I was going to propose, I scheduled a phone call because God forbid I'd make a random phone call to this person. And I wanted to simply invite her and her husband to our engagement party. She then spoke to me for 40 minutes on how horrible her own sister is. And she was shocked on anyone wanting to marry her. She also told me my wife was obsessed with her ex still. None of these things are true. On to some more horrible things. Exhibit A, we had a small bridal party. I had two people and my wife had three. My sister-in-law told my wife's stepbrother, both in our bridal party, to not attend our bachelorette wait, wait, party. Wait. My sister-in-law told my wife's stepbrother to not attend our bachelorette party. Why was the stepbrother going to a bachelorette party? Okay, but my sister-in-law told... So the wife's told, sister told the wife's stepbrother, maybe the sister's a half or a step. Okay. I don't know. Told an invited guest not to right. attend the party. No one on either side of our bridal party was planning anything for us, so I decided to book a short two-day trip to the Hamptons. No flights needed. I booked the Airbnb and had a loose itinerary. A week before, everyone pretty much couldn't make it, so I just scrambled to cancel everything. It only would have cost everyone $120 per person. Money and travel was the excuse. Meanwhile, since then, my sister-in-law has traveled to Colorado, South Carolina, and other destinations that include a flight for other girls' batch parties and weddings. Exhibit P, our bridal shower. My sister-in-law didn't want to plan or pay for anything. She told our my wife and I to plan our own party, book our own venue, buy our own decorations, and send out our own invitations. So my mom stepped in. My sister-in-law then overstepped her, called the venue asking questions, and made herself the main contact. So I texted her and said, hi. Apparently, cake was going to be included with my mom's original quote on the cost of the party. I believe outside dessert would cost a plating fee per person. Not sure kind of shocking you put yourself as a point person for the venue to contact when that person should be my mom since she signed the contract and is paying. I understand you want to be involved. This is for the wedding? This is for for the bridal shower. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I understand you want to be involved, but maybe just coordinate with my mom going forward. She's more than happy to answer emails slash calls slash texts. My sister-in-law immediately told their dad, who then called me up screaming at me, saying, "Who who do I think I am talking to his daughter that way? It was not a good night and caused issues. Exhibit C, the wedding. Okay, we're at the wedding now. My sister-in-law decided not to stay at our designated hotel and stay at a ghetto Airbnb in the sketchy party section of the Jersey Shore with her baby and husband. We didn't have kids at our wedding, but of course her child had to attend or she wouldn't come. Her matron of honor, LOL, speech at our wedding was full of disses towards me, including one I can't shake because of how dumb it was. We all know my now sister-in-law does stand-up comedy, but I think she should sit down. Nice. You should, uh, yeah. Thankfully, nice. not one. Nice. That's a zinger. No one's going to recover from. <laughs> not one chuckle in the building. Her joke fell flat. Other than my whole wedding experience, my sister-in-law always says nasty things to me and my wife. I've sassed back only to have her cry and run to daddy, so I eventually stopped. I've learned a deal where I just don't engage, react, say any political opinion or anything. She then started to like me and my silent complacency. My sister-in-law and her husband have told me countless times how they used to hate me, but now they like me. She invites my ex- wife's ex-boyfriend to her events who and talks about him constantly. That? She makes fun of my wife in public. She even told their mutual friend who was getting married to uninvite us from her batch party and wedding. 
My wife loves our nephew, so I don't want to rock the boat. Do I just keep pretending to be nice and unproblematic to get along even when she says nasty and hurtful things to me? And if so, to what extent? I feel like one day I'm going to go off on this chick with all my pent up resentment towards her. What do I do? That's tough because they don't respect or she, I thought I thought there were more people in this, doesn't understand that a gay relationship is just a human relationship. Like you guys love each other just as much as a straight couple. Um, so she doesn't get that. So she sees it as like a non-relationship and a mature relationship and other than relationship. It's interesting. And I wonder if this is true, but okay. that she, You're saying she started liking you when you just kind of got quiet. Right, when she just takes that the shit. That doesn't mean she likes you. Right, but that doesn't even mean she likes you. It just means she likes that she got what she wanted. Right. And I wonder, her strength seems to come from her dad. Yeah. And your wife, and you know, I'm always telling husbands and wives, I'm always telling the wife, like, don't get involved with the husband and his family. Your wife, you're a little bit older, right? The wife's 27 and you're 32. Mm-hmm. Your wife obviously isn't saying anything. And you're getting frustrated because everyone's disrespecting her. If your wife is normal, like if she wasn't a piece of shit her whole life, it sounds like she wasn't. And the sister's kind of, is your wife, is your wife like super successful or super hot? Like, is there a reason the sister has this issue or is it rooted in you guys are gay? The sister doesn't fucking get it. And she's a spoiled brat. Um, it seems like the only thing that's really preventing you from hauling off and like giving this girl the what for is you don't want to deal with a grown man screaming at you. Who's the father so, of your wife. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't know how your wife feels about the father. I don't know if that's someone you need in your life, but nobody needs a father who's only ever going to defend the straight daughter. And the first thing, if you ever want to bring it up to her, be like, let's see if we can have an argument without you running off to go, like running off to your muscle. Like, let's see if we can do this without you involving your daddy to fight your battles. I bet she can't. And I bet you she'll have her husband do it because they probably see you as a man. Are you, are you like more masculine? I'm just saying because for a woman to go get a man to yell at another woman. Yeah. Something's going on with the vibe. Look, I can't tell you to keep your mouth shut because she's disrespecting the love of your life. And she's doing things that are hurtful. So you can either calmly explain to her, these are the reasons we don't want to be around you. Or you have to recuse yourself. You might say to your wife, like, I love you. I, as your partner, can't sit there while they're disrespectful to you. So since they're going to do it anyway, and you don't want to stand up for it, I don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. And I this thing where we go to the mat on like nieces and nephews, like, okay. That kid's going to know his mom's a piece of shit one day. Who cares? Well, and when he gets older, it's like he can come over without them. But yeah, I don't understand it. But you're right. Like, just don't, why, you don't ever need to be talking. There's no reason for you ever to talk to the sister-in-law. Why are you all hanging out so much? And you know what? It's also shitty because like the dad, I mean, I have one time in my life where someone who was my, a little bit younger, but like a father figure, not father figure to me. I have one time in my life where someone's father was not mean, but just shitty. And I just remember thinking like, well, you're not my dad, so I don't care what you think at all. Plus you're wrong. Right. And it was like a humbling moment for that person. And this guy, I mean, if he screamed at you, it sounds like, I I have a feeling you're, 
not that relationships have to have this, but why do I feel like you're a little bit more masculine than the wife? And they're seeing that as a threat. There's something there and that's fucked up. If you can get your wife, I mean, this isn't up to you, but like your your wife needs her self-esteem up so she doesn't put up with this. Your wife's also got to grow up. Yeah. 27 is not young. It's not old, but like she's got to step in because you're going to become, it's similar advice, like you will become the villain. So either completely recuse yourself, very quietly say to the sister, like you make my wife feel like shit and you're disrespectful to me. So you can give her that reason. You don't have to be rude about it. And you yeah. can carry yourself from a higher light. And if she gets mad, you're like, so now you're mad at me because you were mean to me? Yeah. You had us uninvited from this. You didn't show up at our wedding. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. I don't think you like being around us. And then right. she'll be like, no, I love it. And you're like, you get your dad to scream. Like, just keep giving her the evidence or don't waste your breath. And I know that's difficult, but like, Plenty of mayor. I don't even know if this is the right advice. And again, on this podcast, we just try to give you different kernels of perspective and information. There are plenty of relationships where it's like the husband just doesn't go because he can't stand so-and-so. You know, like there's something to be said for your own mental health of as an adult, not putting yourself in those situations. But your wife needs to decide how she wants this to go. Right. Does your wife take it and then comes home and cries? Like everybody needs to grow up here. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that dad and his gross, trashy daughter. All his parents suck. Any man that calls a woman and yells at her, get fucking over yourself. What are you going to do? Hit me? Sit down. Or stand yeah. up. Never make that joke again. Never make that joke again. If you want them to like you, never make that joke again. She didn't, the sister made it. The sister-in-law made Someone it Someone said nasty. it on this podcast. It's not a good joke. Yeah, the sister-in-law said to and be nasty because our question fun. asker is a stand-up, does stand-up. So the sister was like, she should oh, sit down to be nasty. I'm sorry. I misheard that. I was like, oh my God, the question asker is a stand-up comic and so is the sister-in-law. Why are all these people comics in her family? And this is the joke you're making. My mistake. I take it back. <laughs> I feel real bad now. And I left, it in, I left it in the podcast. We didn't edit it out to show you that I am also flawed. <laughs> How big of me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big of me, big of you. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. 
may whore. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, Liza, Emily, Chanfu, and everyone. OMG, okay. So I wrote in a month or two ago about being in my friend's wedding with a girl that on The Bachelorette went missing after a concert. That's who it was. <gasps> that's who came to the show. No, okay. that's a different one. Sorry. Oh, no. Now I remember. The girl who came to the show was the one who was on, let me tell you, trying to do a podcast, was the one who had, <laughs> who had the... The bridesmaid, remember the the bridesmaid that drank too much and like went off on her and said like all these awful things to her. And she was like, I don't even know you. Like I thought we yeah. were friends. Remember okay. they were at the bachelorette party? Yeah. That's who came to the show. Oh boy. Well, this is, Sorry, okay. Bachelorette went missing and then shit on my life for over an hour while I wrote down what she said in my notes under the blankets across the room. Remember this they the were all like, is this? This is the same person. Okay. Yeah, where she was like hiding. Okay. They were like, get the F out. And she was like hiding under the covers and the girl came in and was going nutso. And she was taking little yeah, notes. Somehow, like, here's it, what she said about me. Yes. Okay. Yes. The, so. And she was drunk and just like going nuts. And we're like, you don't even know this girl. And she was like, how do I act at the wedding? Yeah. And our advice was act like Miss America and just give her no oxygen. And anytime she talks to you, walk away and everyone will know that she was crazy and just be above it. Do not confront her. And she didn't. She took my advice. We're going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She confirmed. She confirmed. She confirmed. Yeah. Okay. That it is her. So. Sorry. That was a mess. Keep it in, though. Just to show (laughs) that, you know, I'm human too. I'm eating This is the Wild West of wacky pod. This is it. (laughs) Can you imagine if this was like super NPR and I was just like, here's an exact question. And you were like, here's the answer. And then we just moved on. The podcast would be three minutes long. And then there was this sick bass line, like, boom, boom, boom. For NPR, I'm Eliza. That was Emily. <laughs> Tensions rise in Syria. They always yeah. go on to, like, something awful. Right. And you're like, oh, they were just telling about the man who, who grew the largest pickle. And now yeah. where are we?
So the wedding weekend came and went, and I went with the option of exerting the most energy, showing up looking good, like made a point to have people help me with my makeup and hair before I went to anything, and just tried to be helpful and kind and positive and funny the whole time with lots of coffee and champagne. It went great. I was seated with the girl at the church and reception and grouped in together for hair and makeup, and she definitely had some side comments that were weird that I ignored and would change the subject or loudly ask someone else in the room something unrelated. Her boyfriend was at the reception, so she did not get drunk. Although Eliza's suggestion of her getting hammered and then arrested had me laughing so hard I had to pause and rewind the pod. Long story short, we all had so much fun celebrating and I had super minimal interactions It didn't even have to gaslight her. Well, not that much anyway. Uh, <laughs> I made sure everyone knew I was the fun bitch instead of the psycho. I think you called it playing Miss Texas. It worked. Thank you so much for the advice and entertainment, but also for me, feel better about it leading up to the wedding festivities. You're the best. And then, so here's the update. So remember, the wedding was taking place basically where she wouldn't be able to see her show. So she said, and we were like, skip the wedding and go to the show. So she said, one of my trips got canceled this month. So I immediately bought tickets and drove to see you at TD Garden in Boston and didn't have to skip a wedding for it. I had a blast and you were incredible. Thank you, thank you. And then... Oh, don't care. Wedding is over, so I don't care if I'm anonymous. Kelly in New York. And then she shared a picture of everybody. And then she followed up after meeting you and said you added a show in San San Jose. And that's where she met you. Okay, because I was like, wait, is this a different girl? Because I definitely met her in San Jose, not Boston. Okay. New job, new city. What is to be taken away from this whole thing is that you went out of your way to see my show. And that's what we want. Crossover fandom. And you took our advice and it worked. And this girl, I thought you were going to be like, well, fast forward, her funeral was yesterday. So good for you. I'm glad that worked out and I'm glad you felt good and I'm glad you came to the show. This is the crazy person and this is her. Out of all these women, that is the last one I would have picked to be the crazy one, to be honest. Yeah, the one in the coral dress looks like she would be the crazy one. Sorry, I said it. Next question. (laughs) We have another follow-up with just advice. Gym compliments. Tips. Remember someone asked how they could compliment other people at the gym? Other women, specifically, Mm -hmm. without being a weirdo. Hello, my fave pod hosts. I'm a full-time epidemiologist, but I've been a power lifter for seven years, and I teach a strength training class at my YMCA. I totally know where the girl asked about how to give gym compliments without being weird is coming from, and I have some tips after years of success and failures, LOL. I think that's key here, is that you are going to hit some weirdos. <laughs> Easiest is I touch them. <laughs> Number one. Epidemiologist, I found this is a bad idea. Easiest is eye contact and a head nod. They will get it. Even if not right away, if they know you're a semi-regular, they'll be like, oh shit, she acknowledged me. Cool. This sets a tone for communication later and doesn't interrupt their workout. If you can pull it off smoothly as you're walking by, make eye contact and hold out your hand for a fist bump or high five. You have to give them time to see you and react, but it's a huge way to acknowledge someone and the compliment is implied. I don't know if I would like that. Would you like that if somebody came up for a fist bump? No. I don't but, uh, but, but I would not be angry if they did it. But no. I, I don't need that. It would have to be, you just did something incredible. Like you just you lifted went, something oh, heavy. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Versus like just a high five because you got you're off an elliptical. And you give them a high five. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why is your hand wet? Okay. <laughs> a smooth way to compliment them is to ask where they got something. Shoes, lifting belt, leggings, then follow up with a compliment. Like Eliza said, those leggings look great on you, or I see the work you've been putting in. Keep it up. I'm a regular at my gym and I always try to nod at women in the weight room so you know they've got an ally around. I usually wait until I've seen them a few times before I chat with them, but when I do, I just go straight for, hey, I'm Tori and I've seen you around. Insert compliment. I love seeing other women back here too. If you ever need anything, feel free to let me know. Women know immediately what I mean. It's a male-dominated space. Sometimes weirdos are around. I'm safe. And they're super warm. Have fun at the gym. Slowly collect a team of strong women and take over the world. Love you both. Hi, Amelyn, Tori. Well, now we're starting armies. Most revolutions started a crunch fitness in Hartford, Connecticut. We're just getting, right, we're just getting, go find some strong women and just start some shit. Truthfully, what this comes down to is you're not creepy. You know, if you're going up to someone while they're naked, like maybe don't do that, but just like nice job, whatever. And if you don't do it all the time, like if don't talk to the same person at the gym every single time, but like, it needs to be more normalized women just being nice to other women. Yeah. If that is your true motivation. Hello, hello. You ladies are the absolute best. Your honest and funny advice, but more importantly, your incredible banter has kept me hooked on your podcast for years. Here's the cue. My, My BF, 28, 28, and I, 29. Each have a couple circles of friends. He has his hometown friends and college friends, all of which he seems relatively close to, meaning the group hangs out frequently. I have a handful of hometown friends, some college friends, and friends I've made since moving to the city four years ago. I have different friendship dynamics with each group. I met my boyfriend's friends pretty quickly. We all tailgated at a concert together, and I've been invited to group events ever since. The group is mostly couples. I don't have group hangouts with my friends as regularly as he does with his friends. My boyfriend has met some of my city girlfriends when we were all already out and ended up meeting up at the same bar. My girlfriends and I usually either do solo weeknight dinner and drinks or plan an event or something with a larger group weeks to months out, holiday parties, birthday outings, etc. My question is, what's the best way to introduce my boyfriend to my friend groups when the dynamic of my friend group is different than his? I obviously want him to meet all of my friends as these are the important people in my life that I care a lot about. I also don't want too much time to pass before my boyfriend thinks that either one, my friends are imaginary, two, that I don't take our relationship seriously enough to introduce him to my friends, or three, I just depend on his friend group to do fun things regularly. More questions. What was your approach to introducing your current or past partners to the friend group? What was the balance between hanging out with their versus your friend group? Would you think less of your partner if their friendship dynamic was different than yours? Interested to see where this discussion goes. Truly grateful for any and all thoughts and advice you have. Sincerely, F is for friends. Dear F is for friends. Dear F. Um, your boyfriend's friend group is predicated largely on the fact that they're all in couples. I'm guessing it's a lot of guys who have wives and they bring their wives or the wives, like it's just like a couple mentality. You seem to have some independent, like if you lived in the city, you've got independent girlfriends and. You know, it's not like Sex in the City where you go in a clump of four everywhere and only talk about obnoxiously woke issues. Um, that's not uncommon. I am a big like one-on-one hanger outer. Me too. So there's nothing wrong though. I mean, to be fair, I didn't think about it. I wasn't like, how am I going to introduce Noah? Like 
I was out with Jody one night and I was like, should I text this guy I just met? She's like, yes, text him. And so she, he, she he came out super organic. But the first big thing we did together was, um, I think we started dating in like the summer and I threw a Halloween party and Noah helped me throw it. So it was our party. I just threw a party. Was that when he made those tacos? Yes. I just threw a party that I would want to throw anyway. And Noah took over the food, which I had done in the years before. And it turns out no one was coming to my parties for the food, but they do now. And we invited his friends. I think that's a fun thing to just like invite everyone. Some people, you know, it's tough if it's all married couples and all of your friends are single. That's just a little tough because then it's just the women end up talking to each other. But there's nothing wrong with you having a party and your boyfriend comes over or maybe he invites a friend. We're in mature relationships now. So you can mix people. Hey, we're having a get to know each other's friends night at the bar or I'm going to the bar with my boyfriend. I'm inviting all my friends. I want you guys to meet him. You didn't get engaged. So it's a little, it doesn't need a huge ceremony. Um, I also, for what it's worth, like Noah's friends are great, but they're, and they're very nice to me, but like, I don't feel a need. And even though I'm always invited to be like, can I come? sit around the campfire and drink whiskey and talk about the long goodbye with you guys. Like I'm very cool with him, like having his things with his friends. And he, you know, he comes in the kitchen, he says hi to my friends. He has certain friends he connects with more than others, but real relationships, you don't have a need to like be BFF with each other's friends. And so, yeah, just have a little get together. Have him invite some of his friends, have it at a bar, like just... You want the, or just do it in chunks, but it's not so serious that it's like inviting two people to lunch at a time. Like, it's just not that important. Have other things there so they can chat with him for a minute and be like, he seems cool. And then they can do something else. Right. I, I mean, Mix it's equally together. hard to figure out like when, when, when you're hanging with these friends, like when are their boyfriends invited? Cause when their boyfriends are invited, he can be invited. Like, but sometimes you want to hang out just you guys. And so it's also tough because. I don't ever want to meet someone's significant other unless they're significant. Like I'm not, I would throw parties and it was always like, can I bring this girl? I'm like, no, I don't need some like crazy girl at my house who knows me and I don't know her. Is this your boyfriend of six months? Great. Would love to meet him. So I have no patience for like new relationships. That being said, whenever I dated someone, I never thought twice if we were going out drinking about inviting my friends. Like, I never thought something was so precious that I'm like, you can't meet them yet. Like, who fucking cares? What friend is going to be like, well, we met two other boyfriends. You're out. (laughs) You met your quota. (laughs) Right. Like, just go out, have some drinks, invite your friends, make it a thing. Like, it's not that precious. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. Unless he sucks. It'll be fine. Then you already know that. Ooh, there's always that. That's rough. Hi, Liz and Emily. For the past three to four years, I've been listening and chewing on your words over and over. I'm finally going to stand my ground. I'm 26 years old. I've been just putting up with others' bad behavior and lack of respect since I've been on my own at 19. I'm the youngest in the house I live in with my deadbeat boyfriend and my roommate. We are all adults, and yet I take care of most things like cleaning and buying commonly used things like toilet paper and cleaning supplies. Well, I'm not buying the toilet paper anymore, so if they don't have anything to wipe their lazy butts with, then oh well. So basically what my current plan is, I want to move out on my own. It's always been a goal of mine and I could really use the space from others. Since this process is going to break hearts either way, I was wondering how I should go about it. For context, my boyfriend is a recovering alcoholic and can't save money or take responsibility 
and doesn't even try to take me on dates or do special things. But I'm with him until I move out because rent is cheaper. And once I leave, he could maybe prove it or not if he wants to be with me. My roommate is sensitive and also one of my friends. It's hard to be serious with her, but she basically has moved her new boyfriend in and he doesn't pay rent and she's been lost to the honeymoon phase. So my question is, am I doing the right Ugh. thing by just leaving them to fend for themselves? I feel like yes. I am, but it's nice to hear it. Do I tell them I have intentions of leaving once I have the loan and the okay from the landlord to move out? Or do I wait till I have the loan and the okay from the landlord to drop the ball? Basically, the question is, it better ask permission than forgiveness? Because if I tell them before, it's going to be an awkward situation, but would it be the right thing to do? Any advice helps. Thank you for your years of wisdom and honesty. Um, at 26, you very much need to get your life started. And good for you for knowing he's a loser, knowing your friend is taking advantage and waking up and not wanting to be a doormat. It's hard. It's easy for me to be like, fuck him. But I can appreciate that there is some love there. You know, um, I just think about when it's a tricky question because financially they will, first of all, that other boyfriend needs to start paying rent. Your boyfriend not being able to do stuff like a boohoo, like you're a capable, able-bodied young man, like you're fine. And if not, then you need to seek treatment. But that's not, it cannot be on you, especially at that age, especially not being married, especially not having kids. Um, I remember there was a program in college I wanted to do. I had four roommates because it's Boston. And I got the okay to do the program. And they were like, but you agreed to stay this semester. Like we won't have a roommate. So I didn't go do this program abroad because it would have been leaving them in the lurch. And like looking back, like we're, we don't even know each other now. Like that sucks. I didn't get to go, but it would have been shitty. So give them two weeks, three weeks notice, whatever. Because just because you get the okay to move out, like I don't even know how that works, but like doesn't mean you'll find another place. Do you know where you're going? Do you have money saved? Get your things in order. Give yourself some leeway and be like, hey, here's a heads up. In two weeks, I'm moving out. And you could tell them together because it doesn't sound like you love your boyfriend anymore. You could have separate conversations and I would actually have it with the friend first because it sounds like that's the relationship you might care about more. Probably don't want to be friends with your boyfriend and he definitely will find someone else to glom onto. Give her that respectful heads up and then break up with him and then just be done with it if you care. If not, then just be like, hey guys, I'm leaving this afternoon. You guys have sucked for a long while because chances are you've probably said stuff to them you know, it's hard if they're like, we had no idea because people can take advantage and not realize it, but it kind of doesn't fucking matter because you're emotionally already checked out. So I'm actually going to just tell you to do what's easiest for you. And if that boyfriend truly, the your friend's boyfriend truly does basically live there, then he can just start paying rent too. Right. And you won't be room. leaving them in the lurch. I mean, your friend is going to be like, I don't want to live with your ex-boyfriend. Why are you doing this to me? But, you know and her boyfriend could move out then. Yeah, I mean, it all depends. Like, do you really care about this friendship with yeah. this girl you won't be friends with in five years? So that's the one to worry about. But put yourself, it doesn't matter the answer, put yourself first. Mm -hmm. And do not allow him to try to make it up to you by like taking you to dinner on your credit card. Like, do not allow him to make it up to you in this environment. No. No, get out of there. Good for you. Yeah. Hello, huge fan of the pod. I look forward to my drive to work. Teacher with a master's. So does that count as your key demographic? Every Wednesday. I am a female Perfect. 28. The trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 20 female who dated trifecta a guy. Trifecta because mm -hmm. you're, 
If you're a teacher with a master's and you listen to it driving to work. Yeah. I am a female 28 who dated a guy, male 31, from work that I had a huge crush on for two and a half years. He was in a long-term relationship for seven years and got out last January. We talked for a couple months, then dated from Memorial Day to Labor Day. We worked so well together, but I had to end it because we aren't in the same place in life. It was one of the most fun summers I've ever had. We hung out and did things around the city almost every day. We are talking again and we both want to be together, but I want more than he does. I want slash need exclusivity and he doesn't know if he is ready for that. He has said he is still a little afraid of labels, so I offered to essentially be exclusive but not put a label on it quite yet. I loved being with him and sometimes I even had the question of, is this what love feels like? Should I move my boundaries and go back? We hung out a couple days for the first time since August. It was so nice. We have great communication. And when we talk, it's always honest. We are both in therapy. Would love both your takes on this. P.S. Till all the pots high and give them extra love. P.P.S. My parents' dog hates when I do the Christmas mouth on him, but he puts up with it whenever I see him. Careful. You don't want him to snap. (laughs) You know, you love this guy. You have the best time with him. He doesn't like you as much as you like him. He was in a seven-year relationship. I don't know how that ended, but that's a heavy thing. That being said, men are married for decades and the wife dies and they meet someone else. So part of me wants to say, this guy's going through something and you like him more than he likes you. He might Mm -hmm. like you a lot. If you want to give it a fair shake, because you're doing that girl thing where you're like, I like you, okay, I'll... I'll put what I want on the back burner just for the privilege of being with you. And what will happen is you'll do that and he'll meet someone else and he'll marry her and you'll be like, but I did all of this. The best thing you can do and good for you for making your intentions known and not just swallowing them, keep seeing him. Maybe he like falls in love with you. Maybe he did need more time, but I would keep my options open. Men tend to not be like, I met this incredible girl And I just don't want to be with her. Like, he might like you a lot, but I just don't think he is where you are. And I'm I'm going to be the one to tell you that because nobody else will. And he'll be like, no, I swear. He may not even realize it. He may not even doing it with any ill intent. But if you like someone, you like someone. Especially if you live in the same city. You know, it's a little bit more complex if you live somewhere else and you don't get to see them. But men move mountains when they like a woman. Or he would say to you, like, I am working to get through this. I I definitely want to be with you. The fact that he can't give you exclusivity is a red flag. It'd be different if you were like, I want to get married. And he was like, I need a beat. But the fact that he's not willing to say to you, I should have said this up top. Okay, I won't see other people. He's not into you as much as you are into him. Right. Black and white. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's it. Scorched. I'm sorry. I didn't want to do that. But but this is why we listen to the pod. For the thing to that no one's going to say. That's it. I didn't. I shouldn't have said scorched either. I shouldn't have said that. But I was thinking of the sound effect. I was going to be a good one. <laughs> Hi, pod squad. I love hearing about how Eliza travels with Sierra. I have a six-month-old. I'm taking him on his first plane ride when he is nine months old. Eliza, do you have any tips for traveling with a little one? Thank you all so much for the awesome advice. I have a question for you, Eliza, before you answer this. Do you think... Okay, uh, double stuffed. Double stuffed. My addition to this question is, do you think 
your tips for traveling with a baby could apply to other babies or that it, your baby's temperament is what actually matters? I don't know. Because we had a flight from New Zealand. She was perfect angel baby. And then we had a small flight regionally in New Zealand and she was like not cool. <laughs> and she was that baby. So little kids, no one wants to be strapped in. When you're that young though, nine months old, they can't walk. They shouldn't be. Uh, so they're a little bit more okay with being sedentary. Um, I think also that's like an infant in lap. So you might have to hold that baby unless you buy a seat and then put in a car seat. I would make sure that that airline allows you to have whatever kind of travel car seat because I've definitely gotten there and they're like, you can't use this. And you're like, okay, cool. They're like, also your baby's five years old. I'm like, she's not even two. She's just very tall. Um, at nine months old they're just kind of chill I think altitude puts people to sleep be ready for their ears to bother them they didn't bother Sierra but we were ready for it and you can remedy uh, ear pressure with by putting scalding hot water on a napkin at the bottom of a cup and creating a suction on the ear that might I'm just saying be ready with that be ready with little distractions at that age they don't need to have like you know you can give a little thing to open up be okay with a screen. Like, just be ready to give them anything they want. To get through. And then be ready to be surprised. Because she just, she wouldn't even look at the TV. She just looked at her book and wanted to eat fruit. Lots of snacks. I don't know what you give your baby at nine months old, but snaggity snacks, preferably not sugar, so they don't like go nuts. But the good news is at nine months old, you can hold them and they're not going to think that they can walk anywhere. Right. And not wiggling away. Change them. Change their diaper like the second before you get on the plane. So you don't have to deal with it. But yeah. be prepared for that baby to just fall asleep and also be prepared to like do your best when they cry. Like that's it. Just be prepared for people to hate you and people to be okay with it. Just be prepared for everything. <laughs> be prepared to be uncomfortable. But also be prepared to surprise. Yeah. Okay. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is I set out to do a fundraiser for Hatzala. Hatzala is basically like the first responders slash paramedics on the ground in Israel. And they treat people regardless of their religion. Like, how are you going to check for that anyway? Um, they just treat people who are victims of terrorism, basically. And... Uh, it was the day after the brutal Hamas attacks on October 7th, which the world has conveniently forgot. But I decided to throw a fundraiser and a lot of women came together to support me in that. So we've put together an incredible fundraiser. Um, and we pushed the date because so many people were doing fundraisers, which is great. So I'm not going to say when it is or where it is or anything like that because it's whatever the invites went out. It's less about that and more about I was so pleasantly surprised by how many people were willing to pitch in and were doing a silent auction. I was so blown away. And I'll give more details on it after the event by what people were willing to donate. And even people in my life who aren't necessarily Jewish or political, like the money that was donated. And it's just going to feel really good to write them a big check when we do this event. So I've never put together a true fundraiser. It's always me just like doing stand up, and we give the door to whomever. So much more respect now for people, usually women who put together fundraisers. And um, it's just been really humbling and gratifying to see how people care. That's my top of the cup. My top of the cup is 
wearing a sweater. Now I get to put on my fun sweaters. It's time. Put on a hoodie, put on a jacket, have a nice time. New kind of accessorizing, a fun yes. sweater. Tis the season. It is. It is. It is. It is the season. Yeah. Getting to put on like seasonal warmth and it's not like actually very hot outside. Like I thought it was going to be cozy. Yeah. Scorched. Oh yeah. I got in the car and was like, oh, I'm over, I'm overheating. Fan top from Kelly. The feeling when you shave your legs and then put on silky pajama pants. Ooh. I don't know that feeling, but I like that. Bottom, although sometimes when you put on lotion and your legs are too moist and you put on sweatpants, you're, it creates like a hothouse effect. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Bottom of the cob, whatever. Bottom of the <laughs> cob. I, and I feel like I've talked about this, but maybe not. A pet peeve of mine is people who explain what's going on on their side of a phone call too much. Like if you and I jump on Zoom and I'm like, hold on a second. Sorry, my kid just walked in. They have this thing. Sorry. Oh, sorry. My dog's going crazy. What, what do you want? Sorry. He just like, he had these peanut butter cups early. Like you're like, I don't care about literally anything going on in your world. Please stay on task. Like if I can do it, you can do it. Right. Sorry. Noah just walked in. He like burned his tongue on this like thing. Have you been to, did you, did you see what Bed Bath Beyond would you do? Did they? Cause <laughs> like we don't just. We all have distractions. Oh, your oh your your kid came in. Your animal came, like no. Or oh, make it funny. There's a lawnmower outside. Like Sorry, no. There's this guy. You're like, I don't care. Please just send me the document. Right. Like, oh, can you hear that? Sorry, someone's leaf blowing. It's like, no, I probably can't hear it. We all have headphones in. And if I can, I'm just gonna get over it. Okay. Right. Okay, fan bottom. My bottom of the cob is completely losing my alcohol tolerance after having kids. All I want this week is to have one tasty beer, but I know I won't be able to finish it. It will make me feel like shit the next morning. Sipping on slowly improving non-alcoholic beer, cat. Get that tolerance back up. Your number one goal in motherhood should be getting that tolerance back up. Cat, I feel you. Also, beer toward the end is like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, my tolerance has gone out the window, which you think would be cool. You're like, oh, I'll get drunk off one. It's like, nope, you'll get tired and hungover off one. Yeah. Which is why I don't subscribe to this like drunk motherhood culture. Like fill up your thing with vodka and go to your kid's game. I'm like, who could function? I had half a beer at a party that I brought Sierra to and she fell off a chair. Like I cannot be out here having nuts. a drink and being around my child. No. Maybe it takes real practice. All right. My bottom of the cob is the cats were having a nice time. They were playing. They were living their lives. I went to the pantry. I opened it to get a little treat. There in the pantry was a dead gecko. And my devastation. Oh! I was so the one upset. That no, we knew? I don't, I don't think so. It was a different one. It wasn't the one I caught unless he grew up really fast and came back to be killed. But he was on his little back dead and I felt so bad. I don't know. They kill a roach. I'm like, great. They killed a gecko. I'm devastated. Maybe they didn't kill it. Maybe it just like went in there to die. But it pretty much seemed like it was right in a spot to get away from them. And I feel so bad. But they're cats. Yeah. They're predators. Like, what can I do? But there's just something about a gecko that is more empathetic than a bug where <laughs> I'm like, no, how could they kill you? 
Just when he was going to give you a quote on your bundled auto insurance. <laughs> he was, I was so, I, I was just like, I swept. And then I called my dad because I was like, does a gecko go in the toilet or the trash or just the outside? And I just wound up outside. tossing it into the front yard. Yeah, that's definitely let nature have a snack. Do you think it died in your pantry because it couldn't find anything nutritional? <laughs> Do you think Bro. he was just like, oh, Walberry Pop-Tarts, I can't eat this. <laughs> yeah, he's a good... He's- I wish she'd... I wish she'd save on home and auto. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Folks, we have added a show in Portland and Seattle. Two of my favorite places to play. So please get your tickets to that late show. Uh, And after those, it's, uh, it's Thanksgiving and it's off to Europe. So if you're listening to this from Europe, I'll be coming to you. And I don't want to hear like, I can't get a ticket to see you in my home country. It is. Those flights are cheap and easy. You can come to the whole tour on on one plane route. Get you a Ryanair ticket. Make it happen. See you in Europe. Uh, but we'll see you at Portland, Seattle. Very excited for those shows. Very excited to be in this, doing this new hour. And, um, and I guess that's really it. Please keep writing your questions. Please keep coming to the shows and telling us that you wrote in your question. The theme of this show is standing up for yourself. I mean that kind of always is, but I'm thinking it's specifically kind of about the girl is. with the shitty. Well, but we got the we got the lesbian couple, we got the lesbian <laughs> lesbian farmer, we got the gay farmer whose parents are intolerant, we got the lesbian couple who the dad and the sister in law are shitty, and we got the girl living with her boyfriend who's a piece of shit, and we got the girl who has the guy that doesn't like her as much. She's like, please don't call me that. It was like, <laughs> I guess we don't have to be exclusive. So the theme of the show is. Like having your priorities and what makes you comfortable and existing in that and and deciding the life that you want for yourself, and not someone other, else's limitations. Yeah. What? The other theme is being gay. And being gay, which you're all cool to be, no matter right. what your less evolved parents think. I don't want to say like stand in your power because that's a no. very like... It feels like I'm borrowing it, but step into your power is like something I feel like Viola Davis would say. I just want to say when Sierra's like potty trained and I hold up her little underwear for her to step into it, then I would be like, step in. And then one day I was like, step into your power because I just thought it was funny and it went with it. And now she'll say, please step into power (laughs) when she wants to put her underwear on. Please step into power. (laughs) Her little underwear is having a great time. Okay. Sierra, step into power. Go find some strong women and just start some shit. At Founders Brewing Company, we set out to create a beer that lets you embrace the unconventional. Mortal Bloom is a radiantly beautiful, hazy IPA that will wrap your taste buds with intense citrus and tropical notes of pineapple and mango. Coming in at 6.2% ABV with big aromatics and no bitterness, it's the perfect beer, if we do say so ourselves. Visit foundersbrewing.com to find Mortal Bloom Hazy IPA. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. 
try the $5 bacon bundle because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle, follow your crave.